RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Today is Wednesday, October 7th, 2020, and this is your daily Star Trek news from the Roddenberry Podcast Network. On today's show, there's something inspiring about the timing of Star Trek's Risk is Our Business speech. Star Trek Online releases its House Shattered update, and I'm taking you back in time for this week's Star Trek history. I'm Alison Pitt, and today's show is supported by people like you through Patreon. Now through the end of October, take advantage of a special Discovery-themed offer. Join at the $10.31 tier and up, and get a free magnet. Find out more at patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news. We're starting off today with a bit of an optimistic story. Evidently, Christopher Cantwell, the showrunner for, among other things, the excellent AMC drama Halt and Catch Fire, is a Star Trek fan. And on Sunday, Cantwell posted a thread on Twitter that blew a few Trekkie minds, including yours truly. Here's what he said. Permit me this geeky tangent, but I'll make it worth your time. I stumbled upon a seemingly typical moment in Star Trek that I found emotionally resonant and quite profound when contextualized in history. It has to do with the Apollo space program in 1967. He went on to explain a small piece of dialogue in the original series season two episode, Return to Tomorrow. In that episode, Kirk makes his well-known risk is our business speech, which includes the line, do you wish the first Apollo mission hadn't reached the moon? Now, Cantwell pointed out that when Return to Tomorrow aired on February 9th, 1968, the Apollo mission hadn't actually reached the moon yet. That wouldn't happen until the following year, in July of 1969. He went on to place the episode in a timeline of actual events. Apollo 1, also known as AS-204, was planned to launch in February of 1967, It would have been the first crewed launch test of an Apollo Command and Service module, although it was only ever planned for low Earth orbit, not the actual moon. Sadly, that mission never made it off the ground, and all three astronauts aboard, Gus Grissom, Ed White, and Roger Chaffee, were killed in a cabin fire while on the launch pad. Now, according to Memory Alpha, the storyline for Return to Tomorrow started development in May of 1967, just three months later. It was finished in early November, around the time that Apollo 4 was launched on November 9th. Uh, And I just want to note that there was no Apollo 2 or 3. Hmm. Apollo 4 was the first uncrewed test flight of the new Saturn V rocket. That flight was a success and Return to Tomorrow started filming just a couple weeks later on November 20th. Now at the time that the episode was being filmed, the Apollo mission to the moon was far from a sure thing, the successful Saturn V test notwithstanding. It was an audacious move to proclaim it a success in a science fiction television show. There was another Apollo launch just before Return to Tomorrow aired. In January of 1968, another unmanned mission, Apollo 5, was an orbital test flight of the lunar module. That mission was also a success. When Return to Tomorrow aired in early February, audiences would still have had recent history fresh in their minds. It had been less than a year since Apollo 1 was lost, and even though the program had had two more successful unmanned missions since then, the idea of actually landing on the moon must have felt a long way off. 
Now, Cantwell, in his thread, characterized that moment. Here, Kirk is reaching back to us from the future to assure us we can still be bold, dream big, and achieve something greater than ourselves. In actual fact, we only had to wait a year and a half for man to set foot on the moon. Apollo 11 landed safely in the Sea of Tranquility on July 20th, 1969. Cantwell finished his Twitter thread by saying, It's a call to America and the world not to give up hope even in the face of immense tragedy, despite loss. It struck me as incredibly relevant when looking at the current American situation. If we don't give up hope, our future will thank us and continue to carry that torch. Hope and television are two very powerful things. Please go and read the full Twitter thread for yourself. You can find Christopher Cantwell on Twitter at IfYouCantWell. And a tip of the hat to Thomas Maroney for sharing that on Twitter. Now, speaking of Thomas Maroney, who happens to be the lead ship and UI artist for Star Trek Online, Cryptic Studios and Perfect World Entertainment are excited to welcome even more players to the expansive Star Trek universe in the newest chapter of the ever-expanding Star Trek Online. House Shattered is now available to play on PC and will be coming to PlayStation 4 and Xbox One in January of 2021. And for the first time, the popular free-to-play MMORPG is now available on the Epic Games Store. Players on Art Games, Epic Games, and Steam can now explore House Shattered, the brand new season that continues the Klingon War after the tragic events at Kittimer. Captains in the game have been labeled as enemies of the Klingon Empire. Players will work to end the bloodshed and re-establish peace in the galaxy, alongside characters like General Martok, voiced by J.G. Hertzler, and Adette Pa, voiced by Star Trek Discovery's Rekha Sharma. It won't be easy, as the Klingon General Akar, voiced by Robert O'Reilly, is on the hunt. The update to the game also features a new five-player task force operation inspired by Star Trek Picard, a full revamp of four missions from the Warzone Klingon story arc, and a new special event that allows game captains to earn credits for all-new rewards. You can check out the trailer for this all-new expansion to the Star Trek universe at the Star Trek Online channel on YouTube. Now in just a moment, I'll be taking you back in time to find out what happened this week in Star Trek history, but first, a word from me. Now is a good time as ever to support a small creator. And believe it or not, that's Daily Star Trek News. We work hard to bring you the latest Star Trek news every weekday, and we do it with your support. Help support our small team here by visiting patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news and seeing how you can help. And all this month, there's a special offer on so all new and existing patrons at the $10.31 tier and up get a free Trekkin' Everyday Magnet. Once again, that's patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news. And a big thanks to you for supporting this show. Now it's a look back into Star Trek history. It was today, October 7th, back in 1991, that the Star Trek The Next Generation Season 5 episode, Ensign Row, first aired. It marked the first time that Bajorans were depicted in the Star Trek universe. As a race, Bajorans would go on to become hugely consequential in canon, and served as a primary driver of the plot in Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Incidentally, it's also the first appearance of Mott, the Enterprise's Bolian Barber, 
although we'd seen Bolians already as a race as early as TNG Season 1. Tune in again next Wednesday for more Star Trek history. Well, that's it for today's daily Star Trek news from the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Don't forget to check out the other great shows on the network at podcasts.roddenberry.com. Daily Star Trek News is produced by me, Allison Pitt, with selected stories by Chris Peterson. We're supported by people like you through Patreon. Now through the end of October, take advantage of a special offer. Join at the 1031 level and up and get a free magnet. Find out more at patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news. I'm back tomorrow with more of the Star Trek news you need to know and the weekend's Star Trek events. I'm Allison Pitt. Live long and prosper. Podcast.roddenberry.com The Roddenberry Podcast Network.